0: This is
1: this, 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 Fight Disciples We are gathered here today For the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk
0: Hello, welcome to the final episode of 2016 We've got a bumper one lined up for you On today's show, Nick sings Oh 1984
1: Oh
2: this is my Christmas, this. This is but this is me at Christmas.
0: He's also got himself a new ringtone. <laughs> what
1: the hell is this? What's
0: that? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> and on the world of the UFC, he's predicting big things in twenty
2: seventeen. And it also wouldn't surprise me, talking about Adam weight divisions, we see a new weight class come in.
1: You're listening to the Fight Disciples Podcast.
0: Welcome to episode 62 of the Fight Disciples Podcast. If you listen to episode 61, you will know that this is our final week before we break up for Christmas. We'll be back uh, in 2017, first week of January. Yesterday, episode 61, was all about the boxing. Today, episode 62, is all about the UFC. But just because it's about a different discipline doesn't mean that we can't get pissed.
1: Hey.
0: Nick's been here for the last 24 hours. That's what I needed. here of the dog. That's it, mate. You get yourself stuck in there. I think we'll open a fresh one. There we Wee- go. Let's get in there. You know what I mean? We've got a bit of Christmas jingles for everybody. Get in the spirits. <coughs> Beautiful. Now, there'll be people that uh, are just tuning into this for the first time, stumbled across it because it's shown up in their MMA feed or their UFC feed or something like that, and they're thinking, who are these clowns here? Getting all Christmas in when all I want you to do is talk about fighting. Chill, man. Chill. Yeah, it's that time of the year. Everybody's in the season of goodwill, we've got our Christmas jumpers on, we can talk about some fighting, we will do that of course, uh, but I think it's only fair that we do keep it a little bit uh, Christmas themed throughout the course um, of um, of this particular show. We're doing a, um,
2: do, you, do you have any board games at your gaff when you're doing Christmas dinner? Um, the, the odd game of charades gets knocked about, you the, know, uh, after, once the dinner plates are put away, a little bit of Trivial Pursuit, maybe the odd pub quiz. Really? Yeah, yeah. We like a bit of a quiz, yeah.
0: Who's the king of all that, or the queen of all that, down at your gaff?
2: Oh, my uh, my brother-in-law. Is he? Yeah, man. He's a proper pub quiz freak.
0: What's his special subject?
2: Um, movies and music. He's pretty good at As you can imagine, I'm I'm pretty good at sports. Not too bad on music. Um, pretty awful on current affairs. Got a music quiz for you later on. Oh, yeah, let's
0: do it. All about Christmas number ones, okay. mate.
2: Oh, I'm into it, yeah. So many,
0: so many wicked tracks that you're going to be listening to over the next 10 days or so that didn't make it to Christmas number one. Brilliant. So we'll go, I'll test you in a bit, but first of all, let's talk fighting because that's what the Fight Disciples want, okay? Yeah. Sacramento is where we uh, point our attention. Last week, we were talking about the hottest fight of all time between <laughs> uh, Paige Van Zant and Michelle Waterson. What a way in. Oh, in. in Sensational weigh-in, sensational dance-off. I loved every single minute of it. I even loved the fight. I loved the fight. Uh, mainly because um, Michelle Waterson just took control tactically of the fight. Maybe a little bit of naivety from Paige. I don't know. Maybe you're the expert on this particular field. Give it to me, man. How did you see it?
2: Well, as... as as predicted last week, you know, I think Michelle Waterson just had a bit too much experience for her, didn't she? That's what she said. She said going in that page was pretty green, uh, that she hadn't been around in the sport long enough to live with her. And to be honest, that's kind of how it played out as well. I think Waterson just knew a little bit too much for Paige Van Zandt. I think the occasion too, you know, I think Paige's first time headline, the big card, I think just might have got her a little bit. I think the, the occasion might have played against her a little bit too much and Waterson kept it cool. I thought it was an exciting fight while it lasted. But, uh, yeah, I kind of seen that one coming, didn't we?
0: Choke City. What well, now for uh, Michelle Waters? And obviously, for those that don't know too much about her, if you think that she just shot to everybody's attention, there's a great documentary that you need to go and have a watch of her. It's about her balancing being a mum and obviously being a UFC fighter. It is, It, is, it's, it, it's, it, it makes it more human. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes when you meet fighters and stuff like that, you see them that they're not human, that they do subhuman stuff. Yeah. But Michelle Waterson's just a normal normal dude. She's just a normal girl yeah. who's extremely talented and obviously tries to separate two sides of her life, like being a mum. She's fantastic at all that. But obviously then becoming an elite athlete. It's a great watch. You definitely need to go and see it if you need one if you want to know more about Michelle Watson,
2: Completely, yeah, it's a wicked show. A wicked thing, but uh Yeah, it was a strange card, wasn't it, in Sacramento? Strange one. I like that main event. Obviously, the chief support, Mickey Gore Sage Sage cuts uh, Mickey Gore claiming another massive scalp mm. on his UFC resume, you know, bizarrely calling out Dan Hardy, as not fought for like three or four years. Let's talk about that, man. He's afterwards. your mate. Dan uh, Hardy's weird. your
0: mate, yes? Yeah, yeah. So what did you make of that? Like you say, he's not fought for some time. It is a bit of a weird call-out. Why make that call-out?
2: Yeah, I've a, a, got no idea, to be honest with you. It's been funny, Mickey Gore, because obviously he called out CM Punk, which worked for everybody because he's a relative novice of three or four fights and cm punk obviously was making his mma debut and it was a big opportunity for mickey gall to claim a high profile scalp made sense yeah i get it then he calls out sage northcourt to himself similar to mickey gall a young guy pretty exciting prospect but very very few fights on his record and certainly got lacking in his ground game so i could see why he called northcourt out and it proved in the fight that Northcourt couldn't live with Mickey Gall on the ground to then call out a former world title challenger Mm. plus one that hasn't fought in a few years that's pretty much retired was completely and utterly bizarre I think Mickey Gall said afterwards he was just trying to you know call out a name that was a high profile that you know, he argued that it was somebody he'd like to fight. Obviously, Dan, there's no Dan. Even if Dan Hardy ever does come back, and I know Dan hasn't, you know, completely and utterly closed the door on that. He does hope that one day he might get one final fight in the UFC. It certainly isn't going to be against a young guy like Mickey Gall. You know, former world title challenger like Dan Hardy mm. doesn't fight a novice. You know, it, it's not even a match. It's not even a fair match. Dan Hardy comes back to fight against a you know, a GSP or an icon, you know, someone who's had 30, 40 fights. Yeah. Not to fight against a novice because you learn nothing. It's a lose-lose for everybody, really. So it ain't going to happen. It was a strange shout by Mickey Gall. But, you know, he's done well for his own little career there. It's another good scalp from Sage Northcutt. No, absolutely.
0: Before we talk about the legend, obviously, calling it a day in a great fight with Brad Pickett, um, let's quickly touch upon our guy, the guy that's been on this show. He, he comes across brilliantly. You've, know, you've known him for a lot longer than obviously I have since I met him on this particular programme. Um But Paul Craig, I thought that is a sensational, sensational UFC debut. We know about his past history, obviously, here on these shows. What a way to announce yourself to an American audience.
2: It was big time, yeah, exactly. And let's be honest, that card in Sacramento, it became a little bit of a chore at the weekend, didn't it? You know, it was some he- heavy going, a lot of points decisions on there. yeah. And uh, he just lit the place up. Paul Craig absolutely lit the place up. To do that to a guy... You know, with a winning record, like undefeated, uh, a undefeated. Receiver. Exactly, that's what I mean. A winning record guy to get in there and just handle the occasion and the opponents. You know, there's a one or two moments there where Paul was in a little bit of trouble. Didn't bother him one iota. You know, he just he's looking for submissions. He was comfortable on his feet. He was winning a stand-up battle. He started. He was winning the ground battle. If, Man, his jiu-jitsu is... perfect is, his, his jiu-jitsu is ridiculous. This is a guy who's only been training four years. He's only been involved but, in mixed martial arts for ridiculous. four years. But it's ridiculous.
0: I yeah? mean, if... Standard. You watch, you watch that transition of going... Well, he, he tried a, a triangle choke, then he went into an armbar, which he missed, and then he, he grabbed the armbar then eventually. Just the way...
2: And the speed at which all that happened, that is elite-level jiu-jitsu. That was something else. It was excellent. Absolutely excellent, and it, the good thing is it didn't go unnoticed as well. You got plenty of uh, plenty of praise for it, you know, and uh, I think I think the world's woken up really to what a talent Paul Craig could be, and. You know, obviously, with a, a London date set for March, I think it is next year. That, that's one he's got he on to there, be, hasn't he? He he's has to get, be, man. Gotta, let's get the boys down from Scotland. Let's get Paul Craig on that UFC London card, because I tell you what, another big performance like that, and we're going to be talking about a show going up to Glasgow or Edinburgh, mate, surely. Paul the, Craig homecoming, mate.
0: They'll be sold out a book fast and alcoholic <laughs> yeah. iron brew uh, all Christmas. We have no doubt with a performance like that, sensational for him, and I've no doubt he'll be back at the school uh, parading. Uh, yeah. Around the around the yard, look at Sir, he's hard as fuck at our gaff. Look at him, <laughs> he's hard as nails. Our
2: teacher could choke out your teacher. Yeah. What I what I liked
0: about it as well, forget the performance weigh in you've got to have some theatre at the weigh in It came out like uh, William Wallace with brilliant. all the Braveheart uh, brave uh, face paint on brilliant stuff from Paul Craig well done mate congratulations have a great Christmas and hopefully we'll see you in London next year um, Sacramento even though the headline was Paige Van Zant, Michelle Waterson it was yeah. all about Uriah come on it was Weird. all about you
2: why, why, I just don't understand why they were headlining when no. Uriah Faber's on the card you know it, it, it baffles me even now thinking about it how the hell do those two girls headline above Uriah Faber versus Brad Pickett I will never know in Faber's fight Performance in Sacramento, but yeah, it was a great fight. Well, I'm glad it went that way. You know, I'm glad. I'm glad it went longer. I didn't want to finish
0: mainly because I'm a big fan of Brad Pickett, and I wanted yeah. him to be in it. And that third round, he, he wasn't really in
2: it. In it. He, I know, but you know, he got. Yeah, he got a school. He, Listen, he, got he got beat convincingly. He, like.
0: Of course, he did. But the knockdown and stuff like that. There was a, there was glimmers of hope there every time. When in that third round, when he did put Uriah on his backside, but Uriah yeah. did bounce up. Fair enough. Granted. There was a moment there where I was on the edge of my seat, going, "Go on, Brad," <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah, I wasn't course. supposed to. I was supposed to be supporting Uriah for his big last hurrah because we saw with Bernard Hopkins, you, when when fighters pick when they're going out, not many of them get a W, mate. A lot of them are going out on L's. You know what exactly. I mean?
1: Exactly.
2: Well, it was in exact it, both in California on the same night, two icons of the fight game, and uh, that's how easy it can happen. You see, so maybe maybe the way to do, maybe the way to look at it is Bernard Hopkins should have probably chose. Similar, someone a similar age bracket to him, similar war battle worn career. You know, that's kind of like That's kind of like Uriah Faber signing off with a fight against, I don't know, you know, Yar Rodriguez or you know, one of these young bantam weights that are coming through, these absolute killers. That was what that's kind of like what Bernard Hopkins did. You could argue Uriah Faber did the sensible thing, winning against a you know, a British. Fighting icon in Brad Pickett, a guy that's been around for a long time, just like him, and he signs off in style with a completely dominant performance.
0: In a minute, we're obviously going to be talking about 207 and the return of Ronda Rousey, but also on that bill is Dominic Cruz, Cody Garbrandt, which I'm sure everybody is even more excited about now with what they saw between the two gentlemen um, who were... It was weird that they weren't side by side. I like the way that they kept him apart, which kind of made it a little bit more fiery. Um, having them both on screen talking to each other in between the fights to promote the next round of fights, which is happening on the 30th of this particular month. It was great, a little bit of back and forth. I'll tell you something, Cody's a confident boy, isn't he? Um, uh, he
2: fancies it against Dom. I'll tell you what, if Cody Garbrand can win that fight against Cruz on the 30th, listen, the UFC have got another little superstar on their hands there. The kid looks the part. yeah, you know, and... Proper rock and roll star type vibe, yeah, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. 2017 could be the year of the neck tattoo. Telling yeah. you, man, Conor McGregor, Cody Garbrandt—we seen Cowboy with one the other day, even though he's washed off. Uh, but listen, he it- shot—he
0: shot to fame for me, Cody. You mentioned Conor there. He shot to me with tough and obviously squaring up. Yeah. To uh, to Connor. a lot of people remember that Connor giving it the jip, and it was okay. him that jumped off the bench and said, "Come on, then I'll have a do with you." You know what I mean? And yeah. I thought, "Hey, oh, there's something about this kid; he fancies a piece of the pie."
2: Exactly, he's a confident kid, and um, you know he's got an undefeated record. He's done everything he's needed to do so far, so he's a bit of an unknown quantity. Has he got the ability to go one step further than so many other Team Alpha male faces of of that, of that opportunity against Dominic Cruz and fell short? We just don't know. We don't know at this point in time. Obviously, for me, Cruz is phenomenal. He's One the of boy. the best pound for pound yeah. fighters on the planet. You know, he's uh, the way he breaks down a fight, combined with the way he moves. Nobody moves like Cruz. Nobody fights like Dominic Cruz. That's a tough ask for anybody. Never mind a guy that's you know is only just into double figures. I think Garbrandt had nine or ten pro fights, so it's a big ask for him. But the kid's confident, man, and as Connor proves half this game is confidence, half this game is being able to do it when it matters most, and if Cody Garbrandt keeps his cool on the 30th, the UFC have got a superstar for 2017 for sure
1: you're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast
2: Speaking about neck tattoo boy kind
0: of leads us in nicely to 207 because that is a fight that I'm particularly excited about. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Dom Cruz. I'm a big fan of everything that Cody Garbrandt is standing for at this moment in time, the way he's talking the talk. I hope that he can walk the walk and they bring something to us uh, on the 30th. Um, But everybody, they are talking about other fights on that card, but there's one woman that they're talking about, and that is the return of Ronda Rousey. Do you think they've gone a little bit ott promoting that it's all about Ronda, especially when she's fighting the champion Amanda Nunes? Even all the promos just have Ronda on them now. They don't have anything to do with the current champ.
2: Exactly. Well, we were laughing about it in work at Fighters Only magazine. We were there, one of the lads had watched the promo for two oh seven. It's three minutes long, and he and afterwards he kept, he'd worked it out and said, you know they show Ronda Rousey eating cereal for longer than they show the champion Amanda (laughs) Nunes. So just the part of Ronda eating cereal gets more airtime than the entire champion Amanda Nunes in that three-minute preview, which tells tells you everything you need to know about where Ronda Rousey ranks in the UFC's hopes and dreams for building in 2017, for sure.
0: Mate, the thing is... This belt has been a bit like a hot potato since Holly Holm knocked out Ronda Rousey. It's um, obviously Misha Tate's at it off the back of Holly Holm. We've now got Amanda Nunes, who's, yeah. uh, who's the champ. This is a fight. <sighs> this is a fight next week. Um, a lot of people are going to be tuning into it, expecting Ronda to take her belt back. I don't think there's anybody that I've spoken to that are, are telling me anything other than that, but they're hotly mistaken
2: yeah. that Hell Yeah.
0: If, if they're taking Amanda Nunes lightly because there's two ways that this fight can go as we all know like any fight can go if Ronda Rousey wants to stand and trade she's going to get battered Yeah, that is where I come from she has to take this back to judo she has to take this back to the deck that is the way that she wins this fight but there's a bit of ego about her from previous fights anyway we saw where Holly Holm wants to stand and trade with her hopefully she's learned a lesson nobody knows yet we find out on the 30th
2: in hindsight, she was absolutely mental to stand and trade with Holly Holm. This is a girl that twice won the Ring Magazine Best Box, Best Female Boxer in the World, multiple-time world boxing champion. But not only that, based out of Jackson, Winkle, John in Albuquerque, she's been a lifetime kickboxer. That's Holly Holm. She's all about the stand-up game. But Ronda had gotten so big, she'd gotten so famous and so untouchable, if you like, hmm. She'd had a couple of, you know, knockout wins, and I think it lulled her into a false sense of security. Mm. She had knockout wins against other grapplers. Yeah. So when she got in there with Holly Holm and she decided to stand and trade with it in Melbourne, it, it was in hindsight it was only ever gonna ha- it was only ever gonna go one way. She got she was completely kit. and utterly out of her depth, mm. and then obviously the aftermath of that loss we look back at embedded shows we look back at footage of Ronda you know throwing jabs and shadow boxing in front of Mike Tyson shit like that and you look at that now and you think oh my god she, look she can't even throw a jab you know it's 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 weird when she was at a peak when she was the best female fighter on the planet when she was this ufc superstar untouchable we, we bought into all the embedded stuff, her running in Big Bird and hitting pads and hitting mitts and all this kind of stuff, and, and you kind of glossed over the fact that now when you look at it, she's hitting mitts poorly, mm. she's moving poorly, her footwork's not good, mm. you know, but we were sucked into, like, oh, my God, yeah, she's wow, she's round in a game, she's becoming this elite striker as well. She's not an elite striker. She's not close to being an elite striker. She will have to have had a complete, you know, fight-style lobotomy to be a complete striker on December the 30th. You do not learn to become a world-class striker in 12 months. And 12 months ago, she wasn't one. You are right. She has got to close the distance on Amanda Nunes. She's got to get her hands on her. Mm. She's got to physically throw her on the floor, grab that wrist and rip that arm off. Do what she did best. Do what got her to the very top of the tree. Because at the end of the day, this is mixed martial arts. It doesn't matter how you win. It just matters that you win within the boundaries of the rules and ripping someone's arm off is certainly within the rules. She's got to go for the arm bar. She's got to go for a quick finish. I think the fight, the longer it lasts, the more it plays into Amanda Nunes' hands. Mm. If Ronda tries to stand with her, you're right, it only goes one way. But it's exciting, man. Ronda's one of the biggest stars in the sport and we just can't wait for New Year's Eve Eve now. She needs to win. She, of course she's got to win. For, she for, for, win. she doesn't win, she's gone. That's, that's it. it. She, she needs, she needs to out. win
0: for the longevity of the UFC yeah. next year in this particular division. Now, everybody's interested in Ronda Rousey. I mean, she appears on these chat shows like Ellen and all the, Conan O'Brien, all these shows where she is the crossover star. She is, to the female division, what Conan McGregor is to the male division. Yeah. She needs to be around. She needs to be competing. So, and therefore, if, she, if she needs wins, to put a performance in and rip, rip Amanda News' arm up and rip that belt back.
2: That's what If she, she wins, she regains the, the Bantamweight title Beginning of the year, we've got the new featherweight female belt coming in. First time the UFC are bringing in a featherweight class. Mm. Holly Holm fights for that vacant title presently. I'm telling you now, if Holly Holm wins that belt. If Ronda does the business on December thirtieth, we will see a rematch. We will see Ronda become a two-weight world champion or attempt to become a two-weight world champion, just like Conor has done this year. The UFC needs those type of fights, those type of pay-per-views. In order to compete building on what's been a phenomenal year on the back of Connor. Don't forget, Connor's Connor's about to become a dad. Mm. We ain't gonna see Connor fight more than twice next year if we're lucky. The UFC needs Ronda to win this fight and carry this pay per view these pay per view dollars into twenty seventeen. If Ronda gets beat and Cody Garbrandt gets completely overwhelmed by Dominic Cruz, you know, the UFC are, are struggling heading into twenty seventeen for marquee pay per view stars.
0: Predictions and um fights that we want to see are coming up a little later on in the show so make sure you're sticking around
1: this is the fight disciples podcast subscribe now via the itunes store uh,
0: now then little bit of fun it is christmas here Nick. let's have another one Whee, here we go we've talked about sacramento we've previewed a bit of ronda we are going to be doing our previews for 2017 and what we want to see in the octagon uh, but i think we should just have a little bit of a laugh now because i've no doubt over the festive period there's going to be a few tunes on knocking around your house as you uh, attempt to to waffle down all those uh, roast potatoes going for the world record this year for those that don't know what we're talking about go and download episode 61 yesterday's show where Nick revealed that he he did 18 roast potatoes yeah true story w- with his Christmas dinner last year and he's going to try and beat the record um, at uh, his sitting of 2016 which uh, we wish him all the best with we wish him all the best uh, he is going to lube it up there's going to be gravy there's going to be a cranberry sauce and maybe a bit of bread sauce knocking about just to help him
2: moisten it up. God, just, uh, absolutely no bread sauce. What the hell are you talking about? No bread sauce? I don't have bread sauce. Just Why? I think I am. You don't in have cayenne. bread sauce? We don't, we don't have bread sauce at Christmas, dinner. You Come on. You know, I thought who, you, who has classy? Bread sauce I thought you were classy. Dinner?
0: I thought you were posh. Joking, aren't you? Stuffing?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, of course.
0: Stuffing cranberry, Stuffing, no bread sauce?
2: Yorkshire's cranberry. Uh, if there's a bit of lamb floating about, a bit of mint sauce as well. Lamb? Who's eating lamb at Christmas? I love lamb.
0: I love lamb. It's my favourite. At Christmas?
2: Yeah. It's turkey no, or turkey or
0: goose, mate. Have you not Wait. seen
2: the the crack here? I think this year we've got turkey, ham, and I'm uh, I'm hoping actually it'll probably be Boxing Day. Boxing Day, a nice bit of lamb. Oh yeah.
0: Okay, now it looks like Henry VIII's banquet down at your gaff, <laughs> innit? <isn't> <laughs> I bet you. I bet you. It's like the royal family at your gaff, innit? Not like the you Not like the cheese. queen. <laughs> I'm talking Jim Royal. That's what I reckon it's like <laughs> down at your gap. You've to all got honest, paper hats on from the cracker, haven't you?
2: It's, we do wear the paper hats, yeah. It's more like, uh, but is it, it's probably closer to, you know, Queen Elizabeth's Christmas dinner than the yeah, Royal Family yeah, Christmas yeah. dinner down at our house, let me tell you. All tiaras and uh, corgis. Are
0: you ready for a little bit of crack here now? Let's do it, let's do it. Um, because over the years there's been some fantastic Christmas singles um, we've we've heard them all at office Christmas parties and various things like that, nightclubs that we've been in over the festive period. However, not every single one of the tracks that I'm about to play, you Nicky boy, made it to Christmas number one. Mm. Now, I know that you have a bit of uh, trivial pursuits and a little bit of uh, a crack with your brother-in-law, who is the uh, guru when it comes to pub quizzes down at yeah. your house. Um, so I'm going to play you a couple of tracks now, yeah? And I want you to tell me whether they made it to Christmas number one or not. Please okay. play along at
2: home, all right? Listen, a- I- I'm... I'm- famous in work for being the Mr Christmas I could t- I, for the last fortnight I've been taking full control of the speaker system really? so hit me man yeah know, really? I'm good at Christmas music okay then did this
0: make Christmas number one in 1994 it's a great start this check this oh it's Christmas now mate it's Christmas it now big time Christmas yeah, fuck this you hey, have another one
2: Hey, once once Mariah gets dropped, that's it. we serious now. What do you reckon? Christmas number one or not? Definitely Christmas number one. Do you reckon? Yeah. I just want you for hey. my own. Oh, all right, Nick. Oh,
0: Mariah, do it, girl. That, that's me having a drink, not Mariah having a piss. <laughs> it's good, that, isn't it?
1: This is Christmas.
0: Everybody listening to this right now knows that this is Christmas now. Especially this bit here. This bit right now. Go on, Mariah, girl. Shake it. Nick, I've got some bad news. It did not make Christmas number one. You're joking. It didn't make Christmas
2: number one, mate. What what kept that off Christmas number
0: one? I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you because I will be playing the song that kept it off number one a little later on. I don't believe you. Are you ready? Let's do it. Next one along the line. If you are listening to this anywhere else other than England, you will not know this tune. I'm confident of that. Uh, this uh made uh did it make Christmas number one? Here we go.
2: Oh, categorically. Yeah? This definitely did, yeah.
0: For those that don't know what it is.
2: I, E17, stay another day. It's not
0: even a Christmas tune, mate. It's not a Christmas tune. Oh, they did. No, but them big big white parkers. Yeah, they wore big coats and they had
2: snow in the video. That's it. Yeah. them them trim dodgy beards. All right, I'll stop it there. Proper Christmas. That definitely made number one. You are
0: correct, hundred percent number one. That is the song that kept Mariah off the top spot.
2: Wow. I did not know that. Wow, what a year that was. 1994. Phenomenal year for Christmas hits.
0: 1994, my friend. Halcyon year, yeah. Absolutely
2: sensational. Are you ready now? Let's do it.
0: Here we go. Did this make Christmas number one?
2: Ah, now we're talking. It's a proper track, this, isn't it? This reminds me of my sister, Pissed. (laughs) (laughs) She looks just like him. (laughs) (laughs)
0: same dentist got the same dentist (laughs) what do you reckon Christmas number one or not
2: it didn't no I know it didn't it should have
0: 1987 got
2: to number two yeah do you know what beat it no no idea wasn't that X Factor job was it not from 1987
0: not from 1987 no Pet Shop Boys yeah always on my mind the version of Elvis's track to be fair that's mint it is a great track yeah Yeah, it is a good track
2: Number two that As if that got to number two I know but you know You tell me how much That Pet Shop Boys track's made since And how, and how much that track mm. Has made since You ready? Yeah Do you know that? Just on the note Before you press play actually I Press play? Just a little note there There is no such thing As the NYPD choir just Go on Just a little note From, from... Uh, Kirsty McCall one
0: Go on Is that your fact? Is that your Christmas That's fact?
2: That's fact Yeah that was my Christmas fact yeah. Alright It's in the lyric But it's not true
0: Do you remember this track?
2: Is this... um... This is from the year I was born,
0: man. 1981, this. Wow. Go ahead. What do you reckon? Christmas number one or not? No. You don't reckon this is Christmas number one? No. This is The Waitresses, Christmas wrapping from
2: 1981. Not in the UK. Might have made the Billboard Top shots. Good tune, though. It's a great tune. It's a good one. I'll
0: I'll give it you. It didn't make Christmas number one. What number did it
2: make? I bet it didn't even break the top ten.
0: No, it didn't. It didn't even break the top 40.
2: Unbelievable. And this is a staple. This is a Christmas Day staple now.
0: It peaked at number 45 in the chart, that. Unbelievable. Look at me, I'm sounding a little bit like Tony Blackburn there, giving you all the uh, Christmas facts. Do you know what kept it off number one? Well, it didn't keep that one just off number one. I was going to say, yeah. One. Didn't even make
2: the top ten. 1981,
0: Christmas number one, Human League. Don't you want me, baby? That one. Great tune. Great track, yeah. Um, are you ready for this, little bad boy? Yeah. Are you re- Are you sure? Are you sure? I'm ready. Oh! I'll give you a clue. 1973.
2: This. This had to have made du-doo. number one.
0: It's a beauty, this, isn't it? This had to have made number one. I used to work at a radio station, right? Where Noddy Holder used to uh, used to work. Guess how much royalties he gets per year? Still, still, now in 2016, of this track, I bet you it's something crazy, like seven figures. It's not seven. Six figures then. Yeah, it's six figures. She phenomenal. It's over half a million quid.
2: I was sitting at home last week actually and uh I get a text message off my me dad and it was my dad with his arm round Noddy Holder. <laughs> Just, just with the message, just in all capitals. Merry like,
0: Christmas, everybody!
2: My dad's one of them, and he, when he when he sends you a text message, he doesn't use any punctuation for some reason. He doesn't feel he doesn't feel like punctuation's allowed in a text message for some reason. Yeah, standard. And it's all capitals. It's, it's Christmas, <laughs> and I'm like, what? Wait, what? I, 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 do you know what? I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know where you are with Noddy Holder right now. <laughs> Bonkers.
0: Yeah, you're right. Number one, that.
2: Yeah, got to be.
0: The other big one is this, check this out.
2: Oh god, the wife hates this.
0: Really? This yeah. is brilliant. She hates it. Why does she hate this one? This is a cracker.
2: I don't know, I think she I think she it just freaks her out that all these the grown men with with weird makeup and all and these beard, unhappy kids are sitting around and kinda of looking at them.
0: When you put it like that, Nick, it does sound a little bit seedy, I'll be honest it's with you, It's very
2: seedy, yeah. It's, <laughs> at, uh, you know, it's a BBC expose waiting to happen, let me tell you. <laughs> what
0: do you reckon, number one or not?
2: Nah, didn't make number one, that. Nah.
0: Do you know why it didn't make number one?
2: Because there was something better.
0: Because it was also 1973. Just imagine that. Just imagine that, 1973, the top two, Slade's Merry Christmas, Everybody, and wow. Wizard
2: just shows that that was the big thing wasn't it that, that was the, the thing then the, the novelty record one, man.
0: Yeah. the novelty record are you ready for this last one here okay. we go son here we go
2: this better be my favourite
0: this is your favourite this is what you wanted isn't it oh 1984
2: oh this is my Christmas this this is well, this is me at Christmas feather cut
0: yeah the feather cut <laughs> the Nick Pete feather cut haircut <laughs> loving it
2: This has got, I've got, this is me Christmas day, feather cut. Soft wave, yeah, soft wave. Pastel shirt on.
0: That's it, man. No
2: no socks, loafers only. Crochet jumper over my shoulders only. Yes, yes. Glass of eggnog in one hand, glass of of port in the other.
0: Still pretending that you're straight like he was back then. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, what do you reckon?
2: Nah, this didn't make number one, did it? It didn't make number one. No, it didn't, no, I knew it didn't. Do
0: you know what did that year? Banded Do They Know It's Christmas Time. What yeah. a year
2: that is as well. That was another belt of year, yeah. Exactly. Feed the world. Exactly. There you go, man. There you go. We're done. We're done. Can I, can I put, what's, what's this here? I've got I've got my... Let me just play you uh, the. This is how I know it's Christmas. This is the one I've been dropping all week in work. Much to the bemusement of the staff who were like, come on, Nick. Is this your ringtone? Are you getting your phone out now? Getting my phone out, yeah. Proper crimbo. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> what the hell
0: What's that? <laughs> what is that?
1: Little up, where have you been? Not naughty, naughty. Yeah, that's right. Hard oh, and naughty you. Keeping me
0: from my rounds. I'm late as it is. This isn't what I thought it was gonna be. What are you playing? This is,
2: this is even better. What is it? Now stay put. Don't go anywhere let's I get let's see if it kicks in now. Maybe. Understand me? I didn't know this has got like a video on top of the song here. once sec. There we go. There we go. <laughs> now it's Christmas. This is the way we roll in our house. Da na na A bit of Run DMC. Yeah. Mate! Da-na-na-na-na. You need you need to start doing Rudolph the Red
0: Nosed Reindeer and Walking on the Air, Alley Jones. You've got kids under the age of three years of age, mate. You can't give them a bit of this. Shelter trainers, Effin and Jeffin. This is proper Christmas music. Happy motherfucking Christmas, exactly. exactly. The Little
2: Reindeer. Ah, oh, that's it. Run DMC Christmas in the Hollies. Let's do it. There you go. That was my that's my favourite Christmas song. <laughs>
1: You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast.
0: Uh, To finish off the final show of 2017, time for some predictions in the world of UFC uh, looking ahead to uh, 2017. Um, It's pretty tough, this, because what normally we want to happen happens in the UFC. There's no messing about, there's no politics, there's no, like, obscure predictions. So I've tried to be as obscure as I possibly can um, with what I'm going to throw your way, Nick, just to see just to see if any of this is feasible. Are you ready? Yeah. So I'm I'm going to go down the lines that Ronda Rousey beats Amanda Nunes, yeah? Okay. So she beats Amanda Nunes, maybe has another title defence, and then this will happen in 2017. Ronda Rousey gives up the bantamweight title because she's pregnant.
2: (gasps) Oh. Travis Brown there working his magic, is he? That's
0: it, that's it. He's gone in there, mate. Uh, My other random prediction, which isn't necessarily so random, because if you listen to the show on a regular basis, you'll know we talk about this guy a lot. Nick's a big fan of his, uh, and it won't come as a surprise me saying that I believe that John Jones at some point next year will get popped for drugs again, or maybe, or maybe arrested again. What do you reckon?
2: Well, I certainly wouldn't count. Certainly wouldn't bet against him getting arrested again because we (laughs) know John Jones has got form. We accept John Jones as a villain. We accept it now. Mm. Let's move forward. That's top of my list. Number one name I want to see in 2017 is Bones Jones back inside the Octagon. We were teased last week when we seen him have a little bit of a grappling match with Dan Henderson. Yeah. We know he's going to grapple again with Chael in January. But come on, July can't come soon enough. I know the guy's a bit of a tool. <laughs> we know that. We accept it. We accept the fact that John is a flawed person. Let's stop sugarcoating him. Let's take him for what he is. Let's get him back inside the octagon. And let's see what I say is the greatest natural talent of mixed martial arts. Let's see him back, man, fighting, doing what he does best. Yes, I want to see him fight for the light heavyweight title. More than that, I want to see him fight for the heavyweight title next year. I want to see John Jones move up to heavyweight and clean house. That's what I want to see most of all in 2017.
0: Now... With my prediction of uh, Ronda Rousey getting pregnant at some point that uh, next year, and with Conor McGregor obviously being aware for paternity, the UFC are going to need that that pay-per-view superstar, that person. For example, like what they did with Brock Lesnar, let's bring him back in for that one-off. Where hey, yeah. Brock's here, everybody gets excited. They're going to need that one just to get us juice. The, the old juice is going. Okay, now check this out for left field. This is going to come from nowhere, mate. It's coming right out the side. Are you ready for this? This is one of my predictions for next year. Fedor Emelianenko finally making his UFC debut against the Doom. What do you reckon, bro? Is it happening? No.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs)
0: Listen, I know he's on the wane. I know he's on his way out. I know he's not the animal that he used to be, but we need to see him. He needs to yeah. have at least one in the well, US doesn't
2: fighting, he? He's fighting Matt Mitrione and Bellator, so he's back in the US at least. So we are going to see him fighting back in the US. Yeah, I don't think he's won in the US since about 2008, 2009. So I don't know, I don't know what Fedor's got. To be honest with you, Fedor and GSP... As editor of Fighter Only magazine over the last few years, those guys have had me hanging on a piece of string for so long and I have written that story. Oh he's back. Oh he's coming to the UFC. Oh he's coming back. Oh, we're gonna see him return. Oh, and I'm just sick of the two of them, man. If I ever have <laughs> to write that if I have to write that story again, I'll be devastated. So I hope you're wrong.
0: Why do you just keep it? Why have you thrown it out? You just I
2: keep the you're story. Wrong. I hope. I hope. We don't... They're finished. Those guys are gone. Okay. Here's here's one. Go on, then. Here's one I've got. Go ahead. The new dad. Yeah. Notorious. Yeah. Triple weight world champion. Next year? Could well happen, buddy.
0: Coming back for the welterweight crown against Tyron. Or will he be against Wonderboy? Who will it be against?
2: Well, I think it's got to be Tyron. I can't see Tyron Woodley fighting Wonderboy again. I think Tyron Woodley will want to move on. And I think that is the fight that he will want to make because mm. it, it's the fight that makes most money. I think it's the only fight that Conor can take that makes him potentially more money than an Eddie Alvarez fight. I don't think team Conor and in any rush whatsoever to fight Tony Ferguson or Khabib Nurmagomedov and I don't blame them. And stylistically I kind of get it. I kind of there's certain fighters at welterweight Connor would struggle with I think he'd struggle Terribly with Stephen Thompson Because he's just Too big and too long
0: Yeah.
2: But I think Woodley can be hit You know, Listen You know I'm a huge Tyron Woodley fan He's a buddy of mine I've interviewed him Many times Yeah. I love him as the Welterweight champion I was glad he held On to his title I thought he deserved To hold on to his title Against Wonderboy And I want him to Cash in He's making noises He wants to fight GSP we don't even know whether we'll ever see GSP fight again Probably not He's also making noises about fighting Nick Diaz Listen, we love Nick Diaz We love Nate Diaz We're scrap pack fans like every MMA fan in the world But Nick Diaz cannot walk straight back into the UFC Into a title shot He just can't do it He just, it just We can't sell that one because he's not won for about five years. So Nick Diaz cannot come back and fight for the title. So who does Woodley fight next? Damon Myers in the queue, yes, yeah. But the fight that makes sense for Tyron Woodley is Conor McGregor. Especially the with the needles, they, they, they love a little bit of
0: narrative, don't they? They've had a exa- bit of
2: needle. They've already, had it. they've already had a bit of a test tete, you see. They've already fell out and it's been recorded on YouTube and whatever else. They've already had a little go each other. That would be the fight I can see happening for Conor next because that's the fight that makes the most money. That's the fight that makes history. And it's a win-win situation for Conor, you know? If he loses, well, he's, he's stepped up to, to fight the welterweight champ. He's still a lightweight champ. He can go straight back down and defend that belt. So that's my prediction for 2017.
0: Well, that's a hell of a prediction. Here's uh, a couple of fights that I'm going to throw you away that I genuinely think will happen. Uh, in 2017 you mentioned Khabib you mentioned Tony Ferguson I reckon we're going to see him together once in the octagon if Khabib obviously uh, fancies it
2: yeah I think UFC Moscow is literally a phone call away I think that's that's a big thing for the new owners of the UFC this year is to Mm. break into Moscow break into the Russian market and um, obviously Khabib headlining against Tony Ferguson for potentially an interim lightweight belt would not surprise me whatsoever and by the way that is an Awesome, awesome fight.
0: It's an outrageous fight. You mentioned this one on many occasions. As long as he comes through uh, Cody Garbrandt at UFC 207, Dominic Cruz, Mighty Mouse stepping up in yeah. weight. You want to see yeah. it, don't
2: you? you want to see it? Hell yes. That is the big fight out there for both those guys, especially Mighty Mouse. If he, if, if Dominic Cruz comes through Cody Garbrandt, and we fully expect him to do so because he's an absolute pound-for-pound pound stud. That is the fight that makes sense because there's no there's no real bantamweights left for Dominic Cruz to defend his belt against that he hasn't beaten already. Without you know he's he's about to fight a guy that's a novice of ten fights for goodness sake. So the pool of opponents isn't that deep. Likewise, Mighty Mouse, Mighty Mouse is completely and utterly clean shop in the flyweight division. There is literally nobody left. We've just had a tough where the prize was to fight mighty mouse in the final says it all about the depth of that division yet the division as we've talked about is pretty hot below him mighty mouse has got to go and fight dominic cruz at bantamweight he's got to move up to builder's legacy a famous legacy as an all-time great dominic cruz needs a big opponent a big fight and that's the biggest fight out there that's another one that has got to happen in 2017
0: 100 final one from me um what do you make I know that I made a crazy prediction that Ronda might get pregnant next year and therefore give up the Bantamweight title but what about you mentioned obviously a new weight division coming in for the ladies can you see Ronda Cyborg at any point I want to see it will it happen
2: right now it's probably further away than ever I would say, because obviously Cyborg has been, she was offered to fight for the featherweight title, the new featherweight title, she was offered that fight she said she couldn't make the weight, they decided to move it back and offered it again I think they originally said they were going to give her 10 or 12 weeks notice, she said she still couldn't make weight, this is a girl that, okay it's clear that you can't make bantam weight, you know, you nearly killed self making 140 pounds but your weight class is 145 you are the 145 undisputed champion so the UFC have said okay we're going to make a one 5 belt it's going to happen in 8 weeks time no I can't make that weight okay it's going to happen in 12 weeks time yes yeah, there's still not enough time to make the weight it's 3 months you're the featherweight champion. You are a featherweight. We're not asking you to make bantamweight. So, I don't know what's going on there. I don't know whether there's a little bit of backstory going on. Yeah, but... I think
0: it is. I think I think she's throwing her toys out of the pram a little bit because the Ronda thing hasn't happened yet and I think, I think she's after the money fight, do you not reckon?
2: Exactly. Well, but but then again, she needs the belt because I'm telling you now the if if Ronda comes through against Amanda Nunes on the 30th and Holly Holm wins that belt. Mm. Holly, Holly Holm. Won't, Holly Holm won't be fighting Chris Cyborg next. It'll be the Ronda Rousey can Ronda become a two world champ, two weight world champ like Conor McGregor? That's the fight that sells. Can she get revenge over over Holly Holm? So Cyborg's cutting a nose to spite her face. Speaking of adding weights as yeah. well. Yeah. On that note, how about how about because <laughs> why listen, why, are you, why are you whispering? Because I'm, I'm I'm kind of set the tone here, trying to get you excited. don't want anybody
0: to nick your idea. Is this uh, what it uh, is.
2: Shh, don't tell anyone. Go on. But. I think WME, IMG, the new owners of the UFC, just yeah. paid four you know, that four billion dollar cheque is still uh, is still clearing in the bank if you like. Those guys are gonna go big next year. Big. We haven't heard much from them yet. They've been very quiet. Expect some big announcements next year, expect some big moves, big fights. And it also wouldn't surprise me, talking about Adam weight divisions, we see a new weight class come in. UFC is crying out there's a massive differential between light heavyweight and heavyweight. Yeah, like Twenty five pounds or whatever it is. So do you reckon a cruiserweight? Crying out for a cheeky little cruiserweight division right between the two of them. Yes, we haven't necessarily got the depth in terms of the fighters, but then you could argue the same thing about the female division. And we've just added a featherweight class there as well. So, wouldn't surprise me. I think world title belts, they need more belts. They need more main events. They need more pay per views. They need more to make more money. Wouldn't surprise me if they added a weight class. Wouldn't even surprise me if they do the one thing that Dana White for years has said will never happen. But we know the UFC often do go back when there's money to be made. Wouldn't surprise me if start started bringing in regional or, uh, you know, like a, a, yeah. common, a Commonwealth belt or a European belt or an Asian belt. Wouldn't surprise me at all either. UFC are going to make big moves in 2017. And all those kind of ideas, uh, I'm telling you now, they're getting discussed in the boardroom in Las Vegas. Let me tell you, that's, that is a guarantee. So it's going to be a massive year for the UFC. Massive year.
1: This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes Store.
2: Before we sign off,
0: um, I know that you're waiting, obviously, to get to the bookies and place a little bit of a bet with Nick's picks because he's very rarely wrong. If he is wrong, okay, don't be don't be blowing all your Christmas money on this clown here now because he's had <laughs> he's been on the juice all afternoon, hasn't he, you know what I mean. He's been yeah. see, still going at it now. He's the lad, still Ooh. going now. Okay, so but take, take this easy. Uh, top of the bill, we've got uh, Ronda Rousey versus Amanda Nunes. What do you think?
2: Rousey, armbar.
0: What round? One. Really? Yeah. I'm going two. And I'm going to go RNC. Oh, cheeky. Cheeky, see?
2: Just to be different. Um, Dom Cruz, Cody Garbrandt. Yeah, Cruz, man. I love Cody Garbrandt and he's going he's a young little stud and a future superstar, but you can't look past Dominic Cruz, who I would argue if John Jones is inactive, pound for pound will, number one.
0: The repeat of the Doom Velasquez. Ooh. Where
2: are you going with this? What do you think?
0: <sighs> After the last time I saw Ken do his thing, getting all acrobatic. Yeah. I'm gonna go Ken. I think Kane's going to knock him out.
1: You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast.
0: Thank you for listening to us and subscribing to our podcast throughout the course of 2016. That's it for this year. We will return first week of January. Of course, we'll have all the fallout uh, to Rhonda Rousey's return at UFC 207. So make sure you come and join us for that. Uh, over the Christmas period, we will be on social media at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Whatever you decide to do, have a fantastic holiday period and come back in 2017 pumped, ready for some more fight action. We'll catch you then.
1: Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.